0: In case you haven't been paying attention, the U.S. military has a recruiting problem. The reason, let's call them uh, excuses as to why there's a recruiting issue, are a mixture of lies, ignorance, and blindness. Well, that's what we're going to speak about today. But don't worry, this is the upcoming American Revolution podcast. So obviously, we're going to wrap this all up on what bad recruiting means to a future American Revolution. I'll give you the good news about why recruiting problems in the US military will help liberty and freedom in the long run. My name is Kali. Thank you for stopping by the upcoming American Revolution podcast. So let's get going. Okay, so here's what the country is looking at. The US military has an issue. They've not been meeting their recruiting goals. It's actually been an issue for a few years. Now, if you ask the Air Force and the Navy, they'll say that the problem is the pay scale, that young technical people can find jobs making more money on the outside. But really, that's always been the case. If you ask the Army and the Marine Corps, they'll say the problem is finding people who are not overweight, unfit, have arrests, or pass drug usage. Well, that's always been the case also. But let's step back a bit. First, we're gonna acknowledge that yes, there are fewer eligible people from America's youngest generations today that would thrive with the standards of past military generations. Can you imagine kids raised in today's Everyone Gets a Trophy Era walking across Europe in World War II? I mean, back then they didn't even have Humvees. Units literally walked from town to town, village to village, and city to city. They marched. Those were men. And if I'm honest, I'm sure modern military people could do it if they had to. Not only the people, but the times have changed, the economies have changed. Today, many military personnel, will they'll make competitive money to the average American with the same skill set and education that they have. Yeah, the pay scale has been notoriously low in the military, but that was in the past. Consider other entitlements such as food, family travel, health care, and housing. If you do that, pay becomes a wash. You won't get rich, but you'll live a decent life in the military. But regarding the recruitment of physically fit Americans, yes, we see a lot more obesity and unhealthily fat kids with more medical issues. The average military person does not run as far as fast anymore. They haven't had to. For this younger generation, American parents would prefer to drive their kids to school than to have them walking, all out of concern or irrational fear maybe for their safety. There is a reason why you no longer hear kids talk about how they had to walk 10 miles to school uphill both ways through bees and earthquakes. It should be absolutely obvious that the way kids used to be raised made them tougher and prepared them better for military service in the past. The ways that modern kids are raised tend to make them less tough. They no longer ride bikes from morning to night. They no longer have to go home by themselves after elementary school. They no longer have to eat what their parents make for dinner or go hungry. In the past, any neighbor can punish them. That's no longer the case. They no longer have to fear their friends, fathers, and their neighbors. But this all equates to fewer people naturally suited to a military lifestyle. Now, honestly, there are plenty of excuses for recruitment problems, but we're gonna look a bit closer at the most important factor I see. And that means the first thing we have to look into is what kind of people join the US military? In my experience and observation from 30-ish years around the military community and being in military components myself for a couple of decades, you have three types of people who join the military. You have about 30% who are opportunists. Another 30% are mercenaries. And the remaining 40% are patriots. So let's look at each type a bit closer. First, the opportunists. Opportunists are the 30% who join the military for escape and experience. Many want to escape their pre-military lives. They don't know what to do with themselves, they just need an experience. They want some excitement and they think the military can provide that. These are the people that just want to see the world. Maybe they've recently graduated high school or realized college wasn't for them. The opportunists, they don't really plan on making it a career, but so long as they're having fun they'll stay in. The second group are the mercenaries. Yep, yeah, the term, it's loaded, but it really shouldn't be. In general, mercenary is defined as working or acting merely for money or other reward. Mercenaries are the 30% of people who join the military for financial stability or monetary gain. They need a job. Maybe they're raised poor, but they need a job. Maybe they graduated high school recently and realize that they're on their own in the real world. They will say that they didn't have any other choice. They may have started in college but had no direction or they ran out of money. But they believe it's a good start to their financial futures. They know they won't get rich in the military. They see benefits such as the GI Bill and stable government paychecks as a tool to help them meet their true goals later on. Which is smart. Now the third type of person who joins the US military are the Patriots. They make up about 40% of the people who join. Now traditionally, it's the Patriots that make up the largest percentage of people in the military at any given time. It's only been in the few occasions when there was a draft, such as during the Vietnam War, that maybe the Patriot number got low. But when you hear about people being called to serve, it's only the Patriots. Patriots serve. Opportunists and mercenaries make a decision to join the military. They do not serve their country. They may serve themselves, but they do not serve their country. But when you start talking about patriots, many of the patriots have parents or other close relatives that are veterans. Others have family or friends that are in the military when they decided to join. It's a sort of family tradition. It's why patriotic parents often support the military community and why they've raised their kids to support the military community. They start them out young. Patriots tend to teach their children to shoot, raise them with a certain measure of discipline that sets them up for military service with strict rules such as respecting their elders and being on time. They introduce ideas of honor and personal attention to detail and courage. And because many are veterans, they naturally pass on the ideas of military to their children through military skills. Some even teaching their kids how to march. Sounds dumb, but some of us, I don't know who, have done that. It is generally not a surprise when a child raised by patriots joins the military, but it's important to note that when they do join, it's the patriots that make the military effective. In the past, all of the branches made their recruiting goals and had to stop recruiting at the end of the year because they had too many applicants. So why has recruitment been a problem for the past few years? Well I dare say. It's because of the policies of the US government that are attacking each group that generally joins the military. But they are attacking the largest group the hardest. And the largest group, again, is the Patriots. The opportunists and the mercenaries, well they'll continue to join the military for the same reasons they've always joined. They have personal reasons and they see a personal benefit to joining. You'll always have people who see a personal benefit to doing something. Some will even see it harder to survive outside of the military, so in theory, Even more opportunists and mercenaries may join at a slightly higher percentage, because when people can't get jobs on the outside, there's always something to fall back on, and an opportunist and a mercenary will fall back on the military. But it's the Patriots. That's the only group that matters to retention. They join in larger percentages and stay in longer. The slowing number of Americans joining the military can be represented by a slowing number of Patriots joining the military, directly. Patriots have been raised with something larger than themselves foremost. Many are religious and they truly want to serve. Patriots will accept the military traditions and to maintain them. In every war, going back to the Revolutionary War, American patriots always fight harder. It's their nature. They believe that what they are doing is for their country and for Americans back home. They will always fight harder for longer. Period. But in today's environment, Fewer and fewer patriots see joining the military as patriotic. They see a military that is being deployed to wars that have nothing to do with the United States' national security. Deployment to places such as Haiti, Africa, and yes, Ukraine even, do not make the United States more safe. They seem to make a limited few Americans and politicians rich, and that's not what they join for. They see and feel a chaotic government that can't control itself. They see a government that does not follow traditions, common sense, or principles of freedom and liberty that patriots are willing to fight and possibly die for. They don't see a government that respects and religiously adheres to a constitution as they do. Many patriots, both military and civilians, see what the U.S. government is doing to Americans who participated on January 6, 2021 in the Capitol. They also see an inept government that surrendered in Afghanistan with little dignity and planning. As fewer patriots decide to join the military, liberty-loving veterans and Americans understand why. The U.S. government seems to dislike patriots and are making it harder for those patriots, but there's a saving grace for opportunists and mercenaries. It's that anyone can become a patriot. A high school graduate can join the military as an opportunist or a mercenary and learn patriotism while he's in. And that happens to many. They go in and they learn what it means to serve. And they learn what it means to be a patriot. Ignorance and apathy dissipates and wisdom changes them forever. But now we arrive at the true point of this episode. There's good news in the idea that fewer and fewer patriots are deciding to join the military. There will be more patriots willing to fight a tyrannical government. There will be fewer patriots within the military. And since patriots fight harder, it will be easier to counter a military opposition. So any future American Revolution that starts will be either resolved peacefully or violently. Peacefully requires those attacking to stop and follow the Constitution and respect the rights and decisions of others. Therefore, there will be no peaceful revolution. Why? Because socialists always resort to violence. Always. 100% of the time. That's what socialists do. Similarly, tyrants never give up power voluntarily. And they never give up the urge to tyrannize others. It's in their nature. They only give up power when they are forced to give up power. Or they die. That's the truth. And because of those truths, There will be no peaceful revolution. America's next revolution will end violently. And violently in America will require the barrels of guns. Hence, gun control. The very same people who despise guns in the citizen's hand want to use government guns to control others. Ironic, yeah, maybe. But inevitably, when government gets desperate and when politicians begin to fear that they personally are in danger, or that they are losing a civil conflict. They will demand government interdiction. First, law enforcement will be used, and when that doesn't work, then the military will be called upon. You can look at today to see what's happening. Politicians will first claim that it's to protect democracy or to save the nation. And when that doesn't work, they'll just resort to their final excuse. They'll say that they need to stop extremists or insurrectionists. But obviously those will be ridiculous lies. Their goal will be to avoid having their power stripped from them, and to ensure that they aren't killed or jailed. That's their goal. But calling in a military that has a large percentage of patriots poses a problem. They already see that patriots within the military will not blindly follow orders to engage and attack other patriots, even though those patriots are not in the military. The blind followers within the military are the opportunists and the mercenaries. They'll fire on anyone, but opportunists and mercenaries can evolve. They can become patriots over time, and many do. The longer they are in the military, many begin to develop wisdom and see that their ethics and beliefs are being challenged. Combine this with the fact that the people who tend to stay in the military the longest and gain most rank tend to be the patriots. So the leadership of most of the military Are patriotic and are in a ranking position to stop or at least slow down unlawful or unethical activities. But we'll always run into that one conundrum. Expecting military patriots to kill civilian patriots is a big ask because those military patriots were likely raised by patriots. They follow a natural code of ethics and values. They are not inclined to merely follow orders like German soldiers did during World War II. And the US government knows this fact. If you're the U.S. government, you'd want robots. You'd want to purge all the patriots from your ranks. One way you do this is by dubbing them as extremists and then proclaiming that you have to get the extremists out of the military. This is why the Biden administration created a task force to fight extremism within the United States military. In 2021, they attempted to purge those whom they labeled extremists. This was dubbed the Patriot Purge by many of those within the military community. But what made those people extremists, you ask? Well, the fact that they had tattoos of patriotic themes. Or because on social media they posted patriotic iconography. Or they supported America First ideals and politicians, which surprisingly included posts supporting President Trump, who was their actual commander-in-chief. Purging the military of patriots was a losing idea, and it has proven to be so. It did not work. They began to realize the scope of patriots in the military and had to back off from creating general standards to determine who a patriot was. Nearly all standards they established led back to any individual being dubbed a patriot. And as the quote from the head of Stalin's Soviet Union secret police goes, show me the man and I'll show you the crime. That's the problem they ran into. As an example, Countless military persons have U.S. flag or military branch tattoos that could be considered patriotic. To remove all those who have military or American themed tattoos that could be considered patriotic is a losing battle. It's probably safe to suggest that 10 to 15 percent of military personnel may qualify for that. And if we bring it down to a specific function, it could be devastating. Think of how many U.S. Marines you know. Which ones do not have patriotic tattoos? Think of other specialized forces such as Rangers or Navy SEALs, but let's step back from those specialized units. Let's look at the entire U.S. Navy. If you know sailors, sailors love their patriotic tattoos. Such a rule could exclude hundreds of thousands of military personnel. And leaving the U.S. military low on patriots will lead to a military that is unmotivated, lacking training, lacking discipline, and being led by incompetent officers. You need patriots in the U.S. military. You'll be left with a military-industrial complex that lacks ethics and political generals whose sole purpose it is to collect power unto themselves and to become politicians after their military careers. But there's good news. Just as the early Americans found out during the Revolutionary War, even if it's the most powerful military of its day, it was apparent who was going to win. The British military brought conscripts and unmotivated soldiers and faced off against Americans who were actually fighting for their freedoms and liberties. How does that translate to today? Even if the military is called upon to fight the American population, an unmotivated, unpatriotic U.S. military with few patriots stands little chance against the American people who are motivated. The American people will have all the advantages, and just as those early Americans collapsed the British military, modern americans will collapse the us military so that's the message i wanted to bring to you today so thank you for stopping by the upcoming american revolution podcast i will talk to you next time so those are my thoughts thank you for stopping by the american revolution podcast you can contact me at the upcomingamericanrevolution.com go to the bottom of the page and you'll see a message box i'm always up for your questions or topics you'd like me to discuss Subscribe now to the upcoming American Revolution podcast wherever you listen to podcasts at. Thank you so much and we'll talk to you next time.